Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hello, listeners. This is Peter Hunt. I'm recording this week's episode of the Proper Lookout podcast from my dining room table, and my only audience are my three Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Now, it's absolutely belting outside, so if you hear any rain on the window, that's why. And if you hear any barking, it's because my Cavaliers want some food, which I must say is not all that unusual. With those observations out of the way, today's topic is the payment of care expenses under Maya in the stat benefits arena. I'm going to contrast a regular claim for care as against a claim for replacement services. So standard claims for care, if I can call them that, are regulated by section 3.24 of Maya, which states that, subsection 1, an injured person is entitled to stat benefits for the following expenses incurred in connection with providing treatment and care for the injured person, and then subsection A is the reasonable cost of treatment and care. None of this is surprising or difficult. Essentially, if the claimant requires assistance as a consequence of a motor accident and the assistance is reasonable and necessary, then the claimant is entitled to stat benefits for the cost of that treatment or care. Importantly, Section 3.25 provides that there are no stat benefits for gratuitous attendant care services. So that's a uh, contrast to the old scheme in MACA where gratuitous care claims were prolific. Section 3.251 specifically states that no state benefits are payable under this division for expenses incurred in connection with the provision of gratuitous attendant care services, and subsection 2 defines gratuitous attendant care services to mean attendant care services provided to an injured person for which the injured person has not paid and is not liable to pay. So essentially, in my view, an injured person can't receive gratuitous attendant care services and then put out their hand to be reimbursed for the commercial cost of those services. Instead, they need to establish up front that they have a need for care, obtain approval from the insurer, and then the insurer will pay for a commercial provider. Now, an interesting feature of Section 3.24, however, is that there are no thresholds other than the reasonable and necessary test. There's no six hours per week threshold and no six-month threshold when it comes to stat benefits for standard care services. I'll now turn to Section 3.26, which regulates the provision of um, replacement care services under Maya, which does include a number of thresholds. Subsection 1 to uh, 3.26 states, an injured person is entitled to stat benefits under this division for the reasonable expenses incurred after the motor accident in employing a person to provide domestic services to the claimant's dependents, but only if, and then there's a number of provisions which I'll come to shortly. So now we're talking about services to replace those the claimant provided to other parties as distinct from 
services to assist the claimant with their domestic chores, for example. One of the important aspects of Section 3.261 is that it only applies in respect of domestic services provided to the claimant's dependents. The concept of dependents is defined in the section, and it means such are the following persons as are wholly or partly dependent on the claimant at the time of the motor accident. Firstly, there's a person to whom the claimant is legally married. It then says in brackets, including a wife or husband of the claimant. And I'm genuinely baffled by why those words are required in the brackets. Because as things currently stand in the state of New South Wales, one can only be legally married to one's husband or wife. In any event, it goes on to say that dependence includes de facto partners of the claimant and also a child, a grandchild, a sibling, uncles and aunts, nieces and nephews, parents or grandparents of the claimant. As an uncle to a number of nieces and nephews and great-nieces and great-nephews, I'm gratified to see that aunts and uncles are recognised in the definition of dependents. On the other hand, the three Cavalier King Charles Spaniels at my feet may be aggrieved and surprised to learn that they are not recognised as my dependents under Maya, and if I were injured in a motor accident, Maya would not cover the cost of replacing my services to them, which are, of course, considerable. In any event, the definition of dependence is quite broad and covers most relationships one could imagine in a standard family. Furthermore, the definition of dependence also includes any other person who is a member of the claimant's household and also includes any unborn child of the claimant at the time of the motor accident and who was born after that time. But children who are not conceived at the time of the accident are not included in the definition of dependence in Section 3.26 of Maya. Now, returning to the restrictions when it comes to stat benefits for replacement services, subsection 1A to section 3.26 states that stat benefits are only payable in the case of any dependents of the claimant where the claimant provided the services to those dependents before the motor accident. And subsection B goes on to say that stat benefits are only payable where the claimant's dependents were not or will not be capable of performing the services themselves by reason of their age or physical or mental incapacity. So essentially, stat benefits for replacement services are only payable if they are provided to the dependents before the accident and if after the accident the dependents were not capable of performing the services themselves, which means that if a parent mollycoddled their children, it's arguable that stat benefits are not payable for replacement services because those children could have provided them services to themselves in any event. The same would apply to young children who grow older and become capable of doing things like mowing the lawn or cooking the dinner. Subsection 1C to section 3.26 is also important because it provides that for stat benefits to be payable for replacement services, there has to be a reasonable expectation that, but for the claimant's injury, the claimant would have provided the services to the claimant's dependents for at least six hours per week and for at least 
a period of six consecutive months. So that's a threshold, or a dual threshold, I should say, which is familiar to anybody who was practicing in CTP during the MACA era when it came to claims for gratuitous services. That dual threshold does not apply to standard claims for care to the injured person under Maya, but does apply to claims for replacement services under Maya. Finally, subsection D to section 3.26 goes on to say that there has to be a need for the services to be provided for those hours per week and at that consecutive period of time. That's the reference to six hours per week for at least six consecutive months and the need is reasonable in all the circumstances. So it's clear that the threshold is an ongoing one and applies both to the past and the future. The reason section 3.61D is required is because stat benefit claims are often made within the first six months after the accident and is therefore necessary for the insurer to predict whether there will be a need for replacement services into the future in order to satisfy the threshold of six consecutive months. Now, Section 3.26 also deals with cases involving assisted care, which is a subject of a future podcast. But I hope I've assisted um, listeners to distinguish between the thresholds which apply to claims for care provided to the claimant as distinct to claims for replacement services arising from the claimant not being able to care for their dependents as a consequence of injuries sustained in the accident. The first is regulated by section 3.24 and the latter by section 3.26. So that does it for another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. My cavaliers have been very well behaved. I don't think they've barked or grizzled or complained in any way. So it's now time to go and give them a treat. In the meantime, I thank you all for listening and I wish you all the best. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at mccabecurwood.com.au or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.